Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today on the Above180.com podcast is Bob Learn Jr. Bob has five career PBA titles, and Bob and Abletto Monticelli have been great friends for over 30 years. They teamed up to do some coaching clinics and start a website and lots of great stuff there. It's called bowlingrevolutions.com. So check that out. Lots of great stuff. And you can check out where Bob is going to be coming up here in the near future. So Bob, want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me, Tim. Well, Bob, I thought I'd get you on to talk about a new website, uh, bowlingrevolutions.com. So talk about the idea behind Bowling Revolutions. Well, I've been uh, really involved in coaching since I left the tour in 405. And, uh, you know, I worked for the USBC, got to coast in USA. I was at the Turbo, uh, most recently at Turbo Tech. Uh, we put together the Collegiate Expo. And there's so many things that can be done, uh, in coaching that hasn't been done yet. And talking to my good friend, Amuato, he's doing a lot of stuff in South America. And of course, he's like the Dick Weber of South America, right? Everybody knows him. He has a lot of connections. And he's like, hey, I've got all these people who want to do stuff because I, 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 you know, I want to help coach, but I need I need some help, and I want you to come with me. And I said, I am on board. Uh, I want to do that. I, the most enjoyable thing that I do is uh, spend time with people on the lanes, uh, more so than bowling itself. So uh, we both have, you know, decided just to make it happen. Well, talk about um, what makes your clinics with Emleto stand out from other clinics out there. Well, for one, it's bilingual, right? So with South America, he's pretty good at Spanish. Uh, he's better than I am. And uh, so that's a different offering, uh, coming from the States and be able to provide a high-end information uh, and have uh, someone like him being able to uh, convey that message. Uh, there's a lot of presentations that I had in English, and he's obviously helped 
uh, change those over into Spanish. And so we work together very well. Uh, I have a lot of connections in the States and Europe, and he has many in South America and Europe. So together, I think we just make a really, really good fit. Um, and, and really is about growing bowling. We have so many things going on that, you know, we can look at that say, oh, geez, you know, dark days. But there's enough people that can see that there's a lot of potential. And certainly, to be honest, uh, we see more potential uh, outside the States initially, uh, but be able to grow our brand and, and then do more in the States. Yeah, so let's talk about yourself and Embleto. You guys are both on the PBA 50 Tour. What takes a good, and you guys are both very successful on the PBA Tour, what takes a good bowler and makes them a good coach? Because we know the two don't always mix. Right. Well, first of all, you have to really want to help people, and that's certainly not a, a problem that we have. Um, I, like I said, I took an interest a long time ago. I've been around a lot of great coaches. I've learned a lot from them. And then when I was in the coaching department at USDC, uh, helped rewrite some manuals and, and stuff there, and uh, so I just got to spend uh, time around some really, really smart people. And uh, so for me, uh, I think I became qualified over time uh, to to be a, a very high-end coach. Uh, M. Leto um, obviously has the interest. He is certified, and we spent time uh, over the past years doing clinics together. But what really makes us uh, unique is that not only do we know how to coach, but we have played the game at the highest level, and we know what it takes both physically and mentally uh, to make it. There's so many good guys that came out on tour that were really good physically, and then mentally they were unable to make it happen. Uh, and the mental game is such a strong part. And I don't think that's really communicated well enough to people. So in our clinics, we cover it all. Great stuff, Bob. I want you to hold that thought for one second, and let's check in with one of our fine sponsors, Bill Semsrat, over at Boeing This Month magazine to check out what's going on. Bill? Three articles I'll highlight this time, Tim. Uh, first up, we've got Joe Solowinski with an article detailing a new and innovative layout option to help you strike more in your tournament and league play. Next up, switching gears a bit to the fitness and conditioning side of things, we've got Heather DiErico with an article on why we should be training smarter and not harder when we're at the gym. And then finally this month, we've got Susie Minchu with her tips on coping with the never-ending process of getting lined up and staying lined up when you're out on the lanes. Great stuff, Bill. Again, BowlingThisMonth.com. Again, Bowling This Month is a trusted technical resource for serious bowlers now for going on nearly 20 years. One of the things, Bob, that Bill actually hit on was an article about health and fitness by Heather DiRico. Now, I had Heather on last week, and we talked about the importance of this. What are your thoughts on how does someone, in your opinion, stay physically fit and physically active? Because there's sometimes when there are guys like, say, Walter Ray, who I saw Walter way back, gosh, I was probably 10, 11 years old. I saw him at a a horseshoe exhibition type thing, and he looked the same then as he does now. So some guys, I think it's a little easier. Some guys, it's a little harder. But what are some things and what do you do to, um, to maintain your shape? Because obviously that helps you now that when you're, what now, 52, you're able to compete at a high level on the PBA 50 Tour. Well, um, I guess just the way I'm built, uh, just the way I think. I mean, I, I, I don't sit very long, so that helps. Uh, you know, you got to be active. And certainly I always uh, took time uh, to do some weight training, um, I certainly have, have tried to watch my weight over the years. And at this point, you know, at, at 52, I still feel very young and feel like I've got 
the energy of, of someone quite, quite a bit younger than myself. And then you have M. Leto, who has been a crazy workout guy for many years. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's in as good a shape as anybody that's ever been on tour at the age of 53. So, uh, you know, we both have taken an interest in, in keeping ourselves in shape. Um, mine a little bit more strength training, his a little bit more, uh, with conditioning. Uh, but I think it's a good, it's, a, you know, it's good that we have, have done that because now I really feel like there's quite an advantage when we're on tour. Even though there's a quite a, quite a few other guys that have kept themselves in pretty good shape, like a Jack Jurek, for instance, guys in really good shape. You know, Walter Ray, uh, a number of guys, uh, Pete Webber, you've got a number of guys that at 50 are competing at the same level as they did, you know, 20 years ago. That never happened before. So I think there's more people taking an interest now than ever. And Leto actually was a, a heavier as a, as, a, as a kid, 11, 12 years old. He probably weighed 40, 50 pounds more than he does now. So he was the other way. He, he actually, I guess, had a genetics to be heavier and, uh, he, he decided that he didn't want to be that, and that's why he's worked so hard all these years. Well, taking a look at the Bowling Revolutions website, you guys have some really great stuff up there. So on your webpage, you talk about how the best bowlers today roll the ball onto the lanes. Could you explain that to the Above180.com listeners? Well, what I find a lot of times when people come to me, they say, you know, I, I want my ball to do more. I want, you know, they, they talk about their release. They talk about, you know, I'm a straight player, but I, I would like to just get a little bit more on the ball. And what a lot of people do by mistake, and it's very natural to, to do something like this, is when you first start bowling, you know, you, the whole point is to take this bowling ball and to throw it at the pins so 60 feet away. And so people literally do that. They take their more upper body muscle, and they try to chuck it down the lane to knock the pins down. Completely natural uh, thought. But the game played the way it's played at the highest level. Uh, you know, when you're talking about creating ball reaction, uh, manipulating ball reaction, uh, and being able to bowl many, many, many games for many, many years, uh, it's been completely different. We've got to get the ball into lane, especially with today's equipment. Uh, and we create much more powerful uh, releases and much better ball reaction, especially on sport conditions. Uh, and it's just it's so different than what people picture it to be. So many people think it's a push-pull throw, uh, as we like to call it, because uh, that's exactly what we kind of even imply in, in coaching. That you need to have a push away, you need to have a back swing, and then you need to, you know, basically throw it at 10, 60 feet down the lane. So it kind of implies that there needs to be muscle involved. And so it's a great revelation to people when they, they get to see it different and understand that it's, it is a lot less effort and things that seem to be uh, a lot of uh, muscle being used aren't that, and they can see so much more ball reaction uh, and feel like they're doing less, which is, you know, that's the secret really. People think, okay, what is the secret of the pros? They're not doing as much as you think. You know, it's not as much effort as you think. Um, literally getting the ball down, walking past it, keeping our feet fast enough to stay ahead of it. It's just really that simple to break it down. Well, I know that's one of the things I get corrected constantly by Chris Warren, who's helping me out with parts of my game. Because I would say I'm throwing the ball. He said, no, you're rolling the ball. You're rolling the ball. You don't throw the ball. You roll it. So, get, But you're right. It's that mindset of getting that person into to help them 
visually visualize that down the lane of rolling the ball and and setting it on the lane as opposed to throwing it um so let's talk about someone who does muscle the ball because you you mentioned that in, in your previous answer how can someone who's listening how how what's the easiest way for someone to break that habit well i mean the easiest thing to do there's a, there's a simple one-step drill that that you know colleges use all the time for their players um and honestly uh there's some guys in the bowl for many years beyond that uh, that are pretty good bowlers that use that as a way to get back to a base uh, to kind of limit how much muscle you're using. One, of course, is that you have to have good timing. But then secondly, uh, an ability to understand what a loose swing is. That's what the one step does. Uh, it's literally just one step away from the foul line, and it's really just letting the ball swing as freely as it can to the side. Then... When the ball gets to the top of the swing and not before that, uh, you take your slide step and then deliver it into the lane. And that ball should be going, I mean, very slow. If you have a lot of ball speed, then that's showing you how much muscle you're actually using from your upper body. And I'm telling you, we put the people through tests all the time, and they're throwing it 15, 16, 17 miles an hour without using their legs at all. Uh, then they take, you know, they take into account, you know, that the fact that they're moving their feet to get there, I mean, the ball doesn't have a chance. Uh, the higher your rev rate, the more ball speed. But, I mean, it's got to be uh, the right ratio to be create uh, good ball motion. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that's one of the things, too, that I think, yeah, that you're talking about ball motion and ball rev rates. Hey, before we go, Bob, I want to ask you, uh, number one, uh, you're associated with DV8. So just uh, talk about some of the great stuff because there's a lot of companies coming out with, with great bowling balls. Talk about some of the stuff that DV8 has and some of their latest pieces that you're a, you're a fan of and that really work in your game. Well, I can tell you the, my favorite ball right now in my bag is the Rude Dude. Uh, it grows unbelievable. I, I, uh, haven't, uh, I haven't had a ball in, in my hand like this in a long time. And then, of course, there's some some new ones out uh, that I haven't got to throw yet, uh, but I expect that, you know, based on what we have had uh, come out in the last couple of releases, that these are going to be fantastic. Um, I'll be honest, I have to actually look because these names, there's so many of them, uh, trying to get the, the names on. Hooligan is one. Um, I'm trying to look because I just took him in today and drilled the thug and Blackfoot Sun, which is a outcast. Um, I know they sound like crazy names, but uh, these these things are a little crazy as well. Um, I've seen them on uh, some other guys uh, showing some uh, shots that they've thrown with them. I mean, they really get down the lane and, and, and go through the pins as well. So, uh, I mean, really the new stuff with DV8 is, is awesome. Uh, I really haven't had, what would you call it, boat anchor. <laughs> you know, every now and then a ball comes out and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, we'll still use that for. But, no, these balls are awesome. And uh, I think, uh, you know, if you haven't tried one, you certainly want to. People go out and practice. So let's say, you know, they come and see you guys at, at uh, Bowling Revolutions. They do a clinic with you guys, do a lesson or, or however they co- connect with you guys. Now I have to go back to my city where I live in and work on that. How is the best way to go into a center and practice and, and accomplish what I'm going for and what should I be trying to do? Well, when you practice, I mean, it should never, you know, here's what most people do when they practice. They they go in and they all they really do is uh, do what they normally do. They just, it's like they're warming up. They're warming up their own game. When you practice, it should be about trying to broaden your uh, your game, trying to make it 
uh, I guess, more multi-dimensional. Uh, a lot of people uh, just kind of go in and throw it one way and say, okay, I'm just trying to repeat what I do. And initially, I guess that is the first step. But beyond that, you need to start thinking about, okay, now, I'm traditionally a straighter player. How can I get inside and get more comfortable playing inside in case I have to? I'm a guy who hooks the ball a lot. I need to figure out a way to also throw it straight. You always want to have a chance to bowl well, no matter what's out on the lanes. It's so awesome to get people that want to stand on the big dot, look at second arrow, and when things don't work out right, then it's the layman's fault or the, the you know, the phone center just isn't doing the right thing. They don't think about, uh, you know, really changing their game to adapt. And, of course, if you want to make uh, any real uh, impact in bowling, you've got to be able to do a lot of different things. And that's the art of bowling. And uh, I think so many people... Either they don't want to commit to that, or uh, they just don't understand it. So that's you know that's another thing that we like to bring to light, uh, creating different opportunities for bowlers. So Bob, what are some of the differences you see now in the PBA tour as opposed to back when you were bowling full time? In today's game, when you go out on the tour, the higher they have higher rev rate than they have ever had, anyways. But now you have you know every ball that comes out hooks a little bit more. Uh, the angles that they break the lanes down in in today's game on tour is completely different than what it used to be uh, due to the higher rev rates. Uh, and so that along with you got guys that are, you know, got close to 600 rev right now with two-handed, it, the transition is great. And it always pushes you to the left. And the deeper it gets, the more the rev players uh, have an opportunity to, you know, dominate. And so that that really is what's going on. Uh, they're not really playing square to the lane very often or for very long. You have Walter Ray, who's still as sharp as he ever was playing up the lane. He goes out on tour. He doesn't have the same opportunities that he used to have. The lanes are breaking down a completely different way, and they're very angular to the front uh, by the end of the day. So you have your Sean Rashes, you have your Belmonte, uh, and, and, and several other players, uh, Don Barrett, uh, just to name a few, that can actually really get in and get the ball around and get the ball to go to the pins correctly. Um, and so that's why you see them on TV so often. Well, and that's just it. So you can say, well, the, they're hooking the ball so much, so let's just put out more oil because all that does is force them further. You know, they start left and they end left, and that just really kind of hurts the straighter players anyway. So is there a solution, you think, to um, to how to maybe combat some of that stuff? I mean, you put out less. I mean, I guess the, the shorter the cheetah-type patterns and those, you know, 33, 34-foot patterns kind of kind of help, but then, then those seem like they're, uh, you know, carrying and scoring contest as well. Well, they are. They just allow more people the opportunity to strike. And the shorter patterns definitely allow for that. Um, and uh, a little flatter, of course, then straight players come back. Uh, but as the lane transitions, it ends up getting nicer and nicer as the day goes on. The longer patterns, like you said, the more oil or longer patterns, uh, the lanes get broke down farther left than they do right because you can't get the ball to hook back. And that really just destroys the lane earlier. So that is, that certainly doesn't help. Yeah, the only way to really go is for shorter patterns, a little lower volume. We're not using as aggressive of equipment. You know, for a while on tour it was like that. We played out every morning, but you had to be pretty straight. And the straight guys were both pretty good. And then at night they, they finally, you know, would open up for the guys that, that got around the ball. That's when they were up once a day. But we never got inside a fourth arrow, ever. And the guys always consider the lanes to be hooking. Well, they use weaker equipment uh, because of that. Whenever they slaughtered them, 
we ran out of lanes. So, yeah, oil is not the answer. All right. Well, great stuff, Bob Learn Jr. Uh, again, check out BowlingRevolutions.com. Follow those guys on Twitter as well. It's at Bowling Revs. And then Facebook, too. Uh, look them up on Facebook as well. And and uh, all the best of luck, you guys, with your, your uh, clinics. And it, it's a great idea. And it's finally good to catch up with you, Bob. I know I've... We've uh, we've chatted a few times at some events, and uh, we're both pretty busy. And every time I, I, I'm thinking of coming over, you'd be talking to someone, and and uh, and it's just been busy. But it was a great to finally sit down, chat with you uh, about bowling, and and you can still certainly hear at, at 52 years old the passion in your voice for bowling, and and even that teaching aspect, like you said, to help younger bowlers uh, c- continue their game and and passing it forward and, and helping out the youth of today. So I appreciate you for doing that as well. Well, thanks for you know, doing what you do, Tim getting the word out and having more people that can actually get the information they're looking for. Thanks.